0: my 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 put my on our last episode, it was morphin' time, but this go around it's morphin' time. Welcome to Junkman. America's fastest growing TV network, the new TNN. Oh yeah, I'm sexy vampire, and I'm gonna sing a song. Oh, cause there's only 30 seconds to get to Mars. How come 30 seconds to Mars never sampled Total Recall in any of their songs? Like, what if they had a rockin' jaunty tune that started with a little... Get your ass to Mars, na na, shredding guitars, da na na na, shredding guitars, down down. I'm got eyeshadow on and it's cool. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with that. But welcome to Junk Man. My name is Johnny C. It's the show here on the new TNN where we uh watch some bad movies. Well, technically, they might or may not be bad movies. They may be junk. They might not be junk. But that is for an audience of one, who is I, to decide. But thanks for tuning into this episode where we are going to cover uh. Basically, the living embodiment of Meme Generator. I don't know how and I don't know why, because I never saw this movie until, well, just now, but uh, fuck me sideways, man. Morbius is the movie of a thousand memes. People just love to fucking pretend to like this movie, and uh, it's time to figure out why. Morbius, of course, coming to us from 2022. I think it was supposed to come out in 2020, then 2021. I'm surprised they didn't just delay it until 2028 or some shit like that. Um, how many times did you go to a movie theater and see a trailer for Morbius? I mean, it felt like every flick that you saw. I don't care if it was fucking Little Women or goddamn one-night-only-Jesus-Christmas movie uh Vandango event. You saw a trailer for Morbius. Hell, I bet if you wouldn't see Avatar tomorrow, you'll probably see a trailer for Morbius. Sony desperately tried to get this movie in front of everybody, and I wonder why. Hmm. Well, if you're coming to Morbius for the first time, there's a couple things you should probably know. As we normally do here on Junkman, let's give you a little bit of the background. This is the third film in what's known as the Sony Spider-Man universe I mean really that's what you want to stick with the SSU Uh, it sounds like a country that failed but the point of this thing is is that let's take a look at the three films in the SSU Venom Venom let there be carnage Morbius I see nary a spider-man anywhere this film is directed by Daniel Espinoza, who brought us the film Life, starring Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gillett Hall. I've never seen it. I don't know a goddamn thing about it. If you've seen it, that is your problem. Got some big stars in this one, though, let me tell you. Uh, the picture stars Jared Leto, everybody's least favorite Joker, as Michael Morbius, a cinematic uh, character that. Nobody wanted to see, really. I mean, this is like adapting. Like, if you were telling me, hey, we're going to adapt some comic book characters to the big screen. I'd say, sweet, who we got? Uh, We're making a Jimmy Olsen movie. I'd be like, alright, sweet, I'm there. I'd rather see a Jimmy Olsen movie than a Morbius movie. Morbius is like a G-grade character. He's like Spider-Man's... Second or fourth best vampire friend. I mean, he's not even the coolest vampire in Marvel. That's Dracula. Who, yes, is a public domain character and also a character in Marvel films. I even think they had him in one of those Blade movies. Uh, The Tomb of Dracula. I think issue 8 is where Blade even made his debut. So don't talk to me about vampires in the MCU. We got plenty. We don't need a Michael Morbius. And I don't really know how I feel about Jared Leto's Joker because that Suicide Squad movie is just fucking awful. I don't like the vision of the Joker. I don't mind him in the Snyder Cut when uh, he wasn't a uh, fucking drug-dealing gangster. Well, we got beef. I don't we got beef. I got beef. Yeah, the Joker should never say, oh, we got beef. Oh, what's wrong? We got beef? God, I just would have ripped my hair out watching that movie. Also starring House of Dragons' favorite, Matt Smith. It's like the most generic name for an actor of all time. He's here playing Milo. You know, Morbius' arch-nemesis, Milo. Was Otis not available? <laughs> this is me, Dudley Moore. I'm coming back. I was supposed to play Mr. Mitzelbeck in Superman 3, but now I've been resurrected from the dead as Dudley Moore to play Otis, uh, Milo's sidekick here in the Morbius films. Uh, this gag will be sticking around, so get used to it. Also starring Adria Onhora, As Dr. Martine Bancroft. Ma'am, if I mispronounce your name, I I do apologize. I didn't mean disrespect. Um, Also, starring... I'm doing the finger quotes thing pretty hard. Michael Keaton as Adrian Tubes. The Vulture from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Crossing over to the Sony Spider-Man Universe. Oh, these things are just getting silly. A brief synopsis of Morbius. Suffering from a rare genetic blood disorder, Nobel Prize-winning scientist Dr. Michael Morbius knows he is living on borrowed time. And after years of fruitless attempts to find a cure, Morbius is now running out of options. But this fatal condition has been plaguing him since childhood, and he can't afford to stop now. As desperate Morbius decides to risk his life to achieve results, an unstable and highly experimental serum offers a solution to the problem. However, what happens if the cure is worse than the disease. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to make any jokes about cures and diseases. Lord knows there'll be plenty as the episode starts. And speaking of starting, let's dive into it. I'm blown away during the opening credits because it just says Morbius. Jared Leto seems like the kind of actor that would demand a credit before the title. But that's, you know, whatever. We're going for a little fake Nolan vibe here with the intro credits, so... I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, Jared. Maybe you're sacrificing it for artistic vision. Or maybe you don't want to see your name up on the bright lights when this film is revealed to the adoring public. We start in a jungle in Costa Rica. And you know, as this helicopter flies into the jungle, I just wish I was watching, or better yet, playing the Nintendo video game classic Contra. How have they not made a Contra movie? I mean, it's too late now. But you could have got Schwarzenegger and Stallone. And, you know, they could have been like, I'm the blue guy. Well, I'm the red guy. And let's take down these aliens. I've already fought some aliens in the jungle. Come on, let's do it. I've got experience. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. on." Um, As this helicopter flies into the jungle, I I come to a harsh realization. Sony Pictures Special Effects is the new version of, or modern equivalent to New Line Cinema special effects. Okay. You pull any random special effects film from the nineties that was made by New Line Cinema. Watch it and try not to puke and, and just be amazed at the worst special effects of all time. Okay. New Line Cinema CGI is bottom of the barrel. Congratulations, Sody, You are our new winner. Um, This movie really wants to be Batman. We got lots of bat noises and bats everywhere. Now, I know Morbius is a vampire, shades of Dracula, okay? But you show me a cave full of bats in a superhero movie, I just got nothing for you except I want Batman. The helicopter lands and we meet our hero, Jimmy from South Park. That's the only Jimmy from South Park joke I'm going to make. But honestly, Jared Leto is way too sexy to be this guy, okay? Like... He's supposed to be a doctor who, like, lives in the lab all the time and is also, like, dying of a rare blood disease. And so he's he's always indoors. He's not really sociable, okay? But I, I know that Jared Leto's got the, the, the long, stringy hair, but this guy is still too sexy to be Dr. Michael Morbius, okay? I don't know who you get, but you got to get somebody that's not sexy, and then he gets sexy when he's the vampire, okay? But Jared Leto's still too hot. To be this guy. I don't believe it for a goddamn second. You know, vampire bats weigh nothing. And they can down a creature ten times their size. I hope everybody's paid attention. Because much like my good buddy Spider-Man, I'm going to get this power too. You know, proportionate strength to a spider. I'm going to get proportionate vampire bat strength. So just keep paying attention. Uh, But basically, Morbius is here in the jungle to create a bat thirst trap. Now, you would think Jared Leto would be a thirst trap just all by himself, but he cuts open his hand to get some blood flowing, and he puts it in front of a cave, and all these vampire bats swirl around him and basically create a bat tornado. Now, there's only one bat tornado in film history that I'm okay with, and that is, of course, the bat tornado in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice because... At the end of the Bat Tornado, Bruce Wayne's like, oh, don't worry, guys, it was a dream. This didn't actually happen. So all you people in the theater that are freaking out that this is way too ridiculous for Batman, don't worry, it's a dream. This ain't no dream, okay? But the camera does iris out. Like, this movie, this director has the balls to have a Bat Tornado, and then just the film, just whoop! Like, it's a bad PowerPoint from 1996. We just iris out into a little circle, and then we iris back up, and it's Greece! 25 years earlier. Oh, bullshit! It's not Greece, okay? I don't see a John Travolta or Olivia Newton-John anywhere. But we meet little Mikey Morbius. He's in some sort of a hospital in Greece. And uh, a little boy gets out of a car, and he looks like Oliver. Like, please, sir, may I have some more blood? And this, we figure out, is Lucian. Or, as Michael Morbius calls him, Milo. Why does he call Milo? Well, this is a gag straight out of dinosaurs. You might remember, we're going to need another Timmy. Well, it turns out that Lucian sits in a bed next to Morbius. Okay? And there's a little name tag that says Milo. And Morbius is like, you're not Lucian, you're Milo. And the kid that before you was Milo? And the kid before you was Milo. And the kid before you was Milo. And guess what? Milo always dies. That's kind of harsh, man. Fucking dick-ass move by a young doctor. Well, I guess a young Michael Morbius. Not yet a doctor. But they're in this clinic because they have a rare blood disease. There's no cure for it at all. They've got to have a blood transfusion three times a day. It's kind of sad. Kind of sad. But then the movie completely pulls me out of reality. Because Morbius and Milo look out the window and there's a group of kids bullying the hospital kids? Are these blood bullies? That's something you got to worry about these days? I mean, you get a shitty haircut, okay, you're going to get bullied, all right? You say something stupid, okay, you're going to get bullied. But I've never heard of a blood bully. Your blood's no good. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, You're type O, negative 4. I'm O positive. You suck, blood nerd. I guess they're British, too. Uh, But Milo's blood transfusion machine fails. Morbius flips the switch on his watch and becomes MacGyver, another M-based superhero, and fixes the blood transfusion machine with a ballpoint pen. We smash cut to a doctor's office, like the headmaster of this blood blood hospital, and we're introduced to, oh, what's his name? What's his name? I got it written down here. Oh, it's Dr. Nichols. This guy is played by Jared Harris, who played Moriarty in the uh, Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes films that I've never seen. He also played Ulysses S. Grant in Lincoln, and he's also in some of those shitty Resident Evil movies. So quite a career for character actor, Mr. Jared Harris. Uh, but Doctor Harris or Doctor Harris, I was called Doctor Nichols. Is you know he's got a little, he's got an accent, if you will, and he's like Michael, and and I just want to stop right here. I can't have a British doctor say. Michael, without it being Dr. Loomis and Michael Myers. So this doctor may become Dr. Loomis at random times throughout this show, so deal with that. But he's like, Michael, you you fixed this machine with the ballpoint pen you did? Well, Michael, I've got some information for you. There's a school for gifted children in new york no no not that one it's not it's okay audience calm down put down your mobile telephones don't text your friends okay i want to make something very clear yes there is a gifted school for children in new york for michael morbius but it's not the other school for gifted children in new york just get that right out of your heads right now we might be a marvel film but we're not a real marvel film so just it's okay Maybe you can pretend that it's Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters, Michael Mobius. Oh no, I said it out loud. We're certainly going to get sued. But I think they'll cover your tuition because you're really smart, Michael. What do you say? You want to go to not-Professor Xavier's Gifted School for Youngsters in New York? Hmm? But you know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't think making me think of X-Men is even close to this movie's biggest problem. I didn't look this up or anything like that, but this this movie's got to be hacked to pieces, okay? And here's here's some of my evidence for that. As soon as Morb decides to go to Xavier school for gifted youngsters, he writes Milo a Dear John letter. But I guess it would be a Dear Milo letter. And he's like, Oh, my greatest friend, I promise I will not forget about you. I will go to New York and I will find us a cure in my academia quest. You know what I mean? And it's like... Dude, you just met him and fixed his blood machine, and now you're going to school. I'm sure a little bit of time has passed, but I don't... I, I You know, when Milo showed up, Morb was pretty flippant about his existence. Now he's like his little kid brother? It just... I, I don't know. It could just be a bad script. Maybe this is actually what they intended. I don't know if they cut anything out. But Morbius takes off. Uh, Milo's reading this letter, and he's like, Oh, no! Morb! Uh he's reading it near a window though and that's a problem because the letter blows away. And fuck me sideways, Milo makes his way down to find the letter on the streets of Greece. And here's another problem. And I'm not making fun, please. Just I'm not. Milo, much like Morb, is walking on the crutches, like the the ones you wear on your wrist, okay? And it's going to take him some while to get a while to get down there. And when he does, the blood bullies that made fun of kids earlier have just found the letter and they're reading it and making fun of it. Now, either these kids can't read good or they just found the letter as soon as it blew away because they were standing down there when the letter blew away and Milo was upstairs. So, did they just wait for Milo to come down and get it? Because they start beating the shit out of each other. Milo hits the sweet... Fucking crutch music to a kid's face. It's pretty fun, actually. But I just, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Anywho, Dr. Loomis uh, comes down and rescues Milo from getting the shit kicked out of him, but Milo wants to get in a few more good shots. That Milo. Gotta watch him. But we smash cut to uh, a, a ceremony where Dr. Loomis is giving a speech and he's like, Michael Myers, I'm oh, sorry, wrong, wrong, I'm sorry, it's a wrong speech. Michael Mobius gained his doctorate at 19 years old and created artificial blood, which has saved more lives than penicillin. Uh, here to accept this award from the king of Sweden is Michael Mobius, And we see Morb stand up, ready to walk and get his award. I'm assuming it's a Nobel Prize because it's the king of Sweden. But we smash cut to Morbius talking to a little girl in a hospital. And the little girl's like, man, Morb. Why did you diss those people from the fucking award ceremony? Why didn't you get your award? And then Dr. Bancroft, who is uh, Morbius's love interest, shows up, and she's like, Morb, we need to talk. And Morb's like, all right, all right, I understand I'm a sexy rock star doctor. Give me a minute. He makes a little girl an origami figure out of paper, and he's like, I'm going to go talk to this hot doctor who's obviously my love interest. I'll come back and see you in a little bit. But the problem with Morbius' thing being leaving origami around, because he did fold the letter he wrote for Milo in origami as well, is that Jared Leto played the crazy guy in Blade Runner 2049, okay? And Blade Runner, famously, uses fucking origami as a breadcrumb trail to provide clarity. Because Blade Runner is not a movie that wants to provide a lot of clarity. But when it does, it uses little origami figures, okay? So, All you're making me do is think of a better movie. So far, I'm thinking about X-Men. Even the shitty ones I'd rather be watching. Now I'm thinking about Blade Runner, which I'd much rather be watching. But Dr. Bancroft's problem with Morb is not that he's a sexy front man for a fucking, I don't know, 30 seconds to Mars. It's that he's now front page news. That, uh, you know, and it could be, I can see the front page news being a couple things. Sexy doctor that's handicapped also sings in a band. Breakthrough film in the SSU breaks box office records, but no, it's none of that. The headlines are, American doctor rejects Nobel Prize. And Morbius is like, yeah, I didn't really deserve the award, man. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes I just feel like I shouldn't get it because all I'm getting it for is a failed experiment. That artificial blood is a failure. So Morb was trying to cure himself and just accidentally invented artificial blood that you could just give to anyone. i call that a success! But I don't know anything about science, okay? Like, I don't. I could look outside on a clear sunny day and be like, oh, I think it's going to rain. So don't don't talk to me about it. Okay? Just don't even ask me. Uh, great moment as Dr. Bancroft says that uh, Morbius rejected the Nobel Prize instead of Nobel. So either she fucked it up or, uh, you know, we just don't want to get sued by the people that do the Nobel Prize. I don't fucking know and I don't care. Uh, she gives him a blood oil change and uh, we learn that Milo pays for all this research. Morbius says, well, Doc, I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't think... I don't think we're going to be in trouble much longer. We're close to a cure. She's like, yeah, you're close to a cure because you're trying to remix human DNA with bat DNA. Now, I think that's the exact same thing that got Corn and Limp Bizkit kicked off the Family Values Tour back in 99, but I'm not entirely sure. Morbius reveals that he has a bat tank. And no, not a sweet tank fucking tank that he drives around town to fight crime in that looks like a bat or has a bat on it, he's got a glass menagerie in his fucking hospital that's full of bats that he collected at the very beginning of the movie. But I thought we were still... I an for that. Yeah, I don't have an answer for that either, watch. I'll tell you what. Sometimes my watch likes to yell at me to just pause here for a second, alright? The movie starts with Morbius in the jungle cutting his hand for the bat tornado, Okay we flash back to 25 years later to meet Milo and after we meet Milo Morbius is still the same age where he meets Milo and the doctor's like you gotta go to New York to go to school then we smash cut to him getting the Nobel Prize and the doctor Loomis is like at 19 he got his doctorate like in a regular movie or in a decent movie or in a movie that's cut and edited together with some sort of fucking clarity you would think that we're building back up to the moment where we left him like We never see him like going into the cave for the bats or anything like that. You would think that we finally, that that's the present. And everything we see before we go back to that cave is the flashback. But no, we're in the present now. Him getting the Nobel Prize is the present. Now, I don't need on screen text to tell me we're back in the present. I just need you to cut your film together in a coherent way that tells me we're back in the present. I mean, I'm not stupid, I figured it out. You know, Morbius is like, oh, I got these bats in my fucking glass menagerie when I was in Costa Rica. Uh, Why do the bats screech when they're caged? Why do the bats give me such rage? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm also writing a song on the side while I'm furixing blood. Uh, This is my Jared Leto impression. But seriously, just fucking cut your movie together. All right? And it's during this scene that I realize I can't hear Jared Leto talk without hearing his joker voice. Because how he does, he takes his voice, and he gets kind of a joker voice. Oh, so we got beef? We got beef? Oh, what's wrong, Milo? We got beef? What's wrong, Doc? We got beef? Origami, we got beef? You got beef? 30 seconds to Mars, you got beef? Beef? Oh. God, I hate you, Jared Leto. But I still kind of like you. Uh, he, he he types some fucking code into his computer, and a little medical machine uh squirts out a, a little serum for him, and Morbius is like, look at this. I mean, we see these types of things every day. Because, you know, the docs, the, the sexy lady doctors, is giving him a hard time about mixing the DNA. He's like, right here, we see uh, that human and animal DNA has been commingling for years now. And I thought, oh, this could be interesting, but it doesn't go anywhere. If Dr. Morbius really wants to give a speech about human and animal DNA being merged together to do things throughout human history... Why not take a moment, since you're in the Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe, and have Morbius launch into a little soliloquy that I prepared for all of you that I wrote in two seconds, and I'm a fat guy that has no uh, training. I mean, right here, we see it every day. He swings around. We all think he's a hero. Look him in the eye and tell me how is this any different. Because, you know, Spider-Man, he's a human that got mixed with spider DNA. And again, no, it's not great. But, I mean, why not share the universe? That's what you're telling me you're doing anyway. But Morbius has this uh, super special liquid that the computer made for him. He injects it in a rat. Big problem here. That's what you're going to hear a lot. As he injects this uh, rat with the serum, he starts the stopwatch on his watch. And now all you're doing is making me think about Darkman, where fucking Liam Neeson can't get the artificial Darkman masks to last longer than 99 minutes before they decompose. But the rat dies right away. You know, Morbius is like, Martine, I should be dead any minute. I should write a song about it. But I need to save my best friend Milo. He actually says my best friend Milo, but he's like ADR. Uh, The little girl that got the origami earlier has a stroke and they put her into a coma to save her life. And sure as shit, after they rescue her, Martine looks into the lab and she's like, Morbius, look! And Morbius is like, I turn around! Look what I see. The rat is alive. What does it mean? Vampire. No, I should have just left it with what does that mean. But yeah, the rat that was dead earlier is back up. So, ladies and gentlemen, we smash cut to a penthouse. Morbius is visiting Milo and Dr. Loomis. Milo's got a bunch of Russian guards for some reason, like it's a private army. Milo is too sick to do anything, uh, but he throws shade at Morbius for dressing like he's the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, so I do appreciate that. Morbius is like, let's take a walk. And fucking Matt Smith, who could act fucking circles around this script is like, really, you want me to get up and go? I mean, Matt Smith is so awesome in fucking uh, House of the Dragon. Like, the ol- he's the only glimmer of light in this movie because he's so entertaining to watch with this shit roll. I'm going to put that out there right now. And they go for a walk in New York City. Now look, there is nothing funny about what I'm about to describe if it was real. But you all know New York City. New York City is a fast-moving town. Crowds of people. Fucking Jared Leto and Matt Smith, these decent actors, are just walking with their crutches, one crutch at a time, in these insane outfits. Milo's wearing like a gaudy sweater, and of course Jared Leto looks like the lead singer in My Chemical Romance, and it's just one crutch, two crutch, and New York City like bends around them in the middle of the sidewalk to just let them do their thing, which is nice, I suppose. But even with all this shit, these guys are two sexy beasts, all right? Like, I just don't buy that they're these quote-unquote outcasts, okay? Yes, I'm sure they feel ostracized by society because they have to deal with this rare sickness, and that's a shit thing, and that's our fault as society, but they're too sexy to be ignored! Morbius tells him he's close to a cure, it's very expensive, it's not legal, and he needs to do it at international waters, but it's now or never. Milo, Gives Morbius the mantra they've lived by since they became best friends that one day in Greece. We're the original Spartans, mate. The few against the many. And I get it. They're the few. We're the many. Totally fine. Smash cut to a research facility in international waters. Shades of the Big Shell. And now all you're doing is making me think of Metal Gear Solid 2, which is a much better game. It has a much better narrative than this fucking movie. Why don't we get a Metal Gear Solid movie? Actually, you know what? Scrap that I don't want one because I'm sure it would be awful because they just can't get that shit right. We don't even need one. We have the games. But, but let's focus more on what Morbius is doing in International Waters and not what Solid Snake, Raiden, and Otacon are up to in International Waters. So I guess I can give the movie a backhanded compliment. Uh, it moves fast. It comes at the expense of, you know, narrative plot, character development, and everything like that. But sure enough, Morb only does one test of his, like, fucking bat DNA The computer readout says, Chimera Cells Stable. Well, now you just got me thinking about John Woo's Mission Impossible 2. What do you want? Stuck. Well, stuck options to be a little more precise. Why do I love Mission Impossible 2 so much? Why do I think Dugray Scott rules in it? And why do I want to see a Marvel movie where Dugray Scott plays a variant of Wolverine like he was supposed to? Uh, But Morb's like, all right. It's time for human trials. And, of course, Martine is complicit in all this. I guess uh, International Waters absolves her of all uh, ethical quandaries, so that's okay. She's like, Morb, you look death-chic. And he's like, well, I'm in a band. But he is, I think this is some CGI work, I don't know, because he's got his, like, Dallas Buyers Club body. So it's just, you know, Christian Bale machinist level of skinny. Now, Milo's goons are all here on the boat as well. There's, like, seven or eight of them. They're just playing poker. Uh, And they they go to check out some strange noises as Morb is injected in the spine, by the way. Ouch, with this fucking uh, blood serum. Uh, Of course, the one guy that goes to check is a complete asshole. The script, so this this is ridiculous. I don't want to get into the weeds. I know I always do, and I always say I don't want to, but hear me out here. He walks in the door, and he's like, hey, nurse, what's going on? So we've got him being chauvinistic, because he assumes the woman's just a nurse. And then he's like, well, you know what? You're just the help. I don't care if you are a doctor. And all of this is shortcut, because Morbius is about to fucking eat this guy, and the audience is supposed to be okay with it. It's just so cheap. Uh, you know, and for better or worse... We don't waste any more time here, because much like, again, in Metal Gear Solid 2, featuring the awesome villain Vamp, we look up to the ceiling, and Morbius is just hanging like a goddamn vampire bat from the ceiling, and he eats the asshole guy. An alarm goes off, and Morbius, now in his vampiric form, feels pain. Is this a shared weakness in the Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe? Because Venom, if you recall, is also weak to sound. So all you gotta do is be, like play fucking Eiffel 65 at a loud volume. I'm blue, Morbius gonna die, Venom's got no chance, we can all just dance, dance, dance. Yo, blue, I drink blood, yes I do, and now I do eat a dance. Venom, can you get me some fucking pants, cause they ripped, I was busting a move. And you can die, Sony's got, it's on Spider-Man, you, 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 yo, yo. Huh. Uh, Some dude runs in and shoves Martine, which fucking puts her in, like, a goddamn coma just from shoving her. Morbius sees this, he gets pissed, and folks, it's morbid time. He uses his bullet time powers. For some reason, Morbius has a trail of black mist that follows him as he teleports and jumps around. I'm of, like, two minds of this. One, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, Spider-Man's powers... Oh God, I can't believe i going to try to rationalize this. He has the proportionate strength of a spider, and then he has the spider sense, which I guess is something that spiders have. So now Morbius has the proportionate strength of a vampire bat. Okay, they at least established that. But what's with the teleporting? It's like he's playing... You know what this reminds me of? Warp striking from Final Fantasy XV. Again, something I would rather be doing than watching Morbius. And then... This is a fun little Easter egg. Morbius kills a guy, uh, and we see the camera goes into a first-person mode as Morbius, like, runs across the ceiling. You know, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies had some first-person web-slinging. Does this confirm that Andrew Garfield Spidey is the Spidey in the Spidey, Spider, Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe without a Spider-Man? I don't know. Get get to the message boards. Uh, i got some friends up at the this School for the Gifted in New York that have some information as well. Um, a ridiculous throat slash by Morbius is completely bloodless. Boo! But, flip side, we do go to first-person mode again, but it's first-person from one of the dudes that's about to die, and we see him get killed in first-person view by a Morbius, so... Okay. But... I mean, long story short, he just kills everybody on the boat. He kills all the bad guys on the boat. It's completely absent of suspense. We've seen lesser movies do this better. He reverts back to his human form. And when he does, he has what can only be described as a Michael Jackson shirt moment. Like Michael Jackson used to throw his shirt open and get on his knees and be like, Oh! Well, Morbius does all that without the, Oh! He's a full Jared Leto sexiness power now. He's like, did you see my abs? Where did they come from? I think that I might be a And now he's got daredevil hearing as well because he can hear Martine's heart beating. He calls 911 like, hey, we need help with the boat. He watches, uh, he, he watches himself kill everybody on closed circuit TV. Uh, pukes, then deletes the footage. Smart. The next day... Tyrese Gibson, folks, arrives as Agent Stroud from the FBI. I hear, pray tell, he's got a robot arm. And that was going to be a thing, but uh, no mention of a robot arm, pray tell. He's got a nerdy partner who's like, Wow, we haven't seen anything this good since that thing in San Francisco. Just say since the alien... I mean, I'm not trying to... T- uh, like, I don't want to actively make this thing better, but just say since that alien thing, at least... Because this is the, oh my god, they said San Francisco moment. Elbow your friends and send out a tweet. Sony's Spider-Man universe confirmed. Uh, There's no blood in the bodies, so a vampire must have gotten him. Or some sort of a Batman. God, I wish they had the balls to make that joke. I really, really do. Uh, But Tyrese finds some origami. Milo is in his apartment watching the news. And he's like, oh dear. Dr. Loomis walks in and he's like, Michael, I mean Milo, are you okay? I don't want to talk about Milo and Dr. Loomis, though, folks. I want to talk about a painting that is on Milo's apartment wall. This painting is of a gentleman in a suit sitting in a rocking chair with a bowl of fruit adored atop his dome, and he's wearing full cloud makeup. I want this. I want this. I want this. I'm going to hang it in my office. I'm going to find it. Guaranteed. Martine's in the MCU. I'm sorry, the ICU. Uh, Freudian slip. You fucking wish Martine was in the MCU. Morbius goes to see her. His superhero disguise at this point, by the way, is just dressing up as CM Punk. I mean, he's got a black hoodie on and his hair in a man bun. Uh, but the black hoodie doesn't have a white zipper or white string. So I guess it's not completely CM Punk. He goes back to his lab and fuck me sideways. I got. He starts to revert to his... Jimmy Doctor Morbius form. His 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 normal form, okay? And his legs start to buckle, and they buckle via CGI. Just get a stunt double. I know that Morbius' legs are buckled inwards, but just have him sort of trip. Why are you wasting money on shitty CGI leg buckling? <clears throat> he gets the heroin shakes. Apparently, if he doesn't drink blood quickly enough, he goes back to regular old skinny unsexy morb. Okay. So, uh, and as a way to avert the heroin shakes, he drinks some of that artificial blood that he made. There is a ridiculous moment that I kind of love afterwards. After he chugs the artificial blood, he has like a morbius sneeze. He's like, and for just a second when he's in the, his face switches vampiric and then back to sexy Jared Leto. It's stupid, but it makes me laugh. He pulls a page out of uh, George Bush's book from uh, when he was on The Simpsons, and he's like, well, I better get my memoirs down, Bar." Uh, he pulls out a recorder, and he's like, well, uh, I injected myself with the bat DNA, and now I want to consume human blood, Bar." We get some fake Han Simmer music as he tests his power in his laboratory. I mean, this is every superhero testing their power shit. He's got super agility, strength, and speed that can only be described as superhuman. Was that a technical term, Doctor? Again, it's just, it's really bad fake Hans Zimmer music. And then, I swear to you, he goes into his bat menagerie, and on the voiceover, he's like, I feel kinship with these creatures, Barr. No, nah. I feel a kinship with these creatures. He's like their alpha, like their alpha, like, pack leader. I've also developed a form of echolocation, or bat radar for the uninitiated. And now I'm just thinking of The Dark Knight Rises! But we are initiated, Morbius! Members of the Sony Spider-Man universe. Hey, I'm Tom Hardy. I play Venom, as well as Bane. And hey, in the comic books, Bane was super strong because he used a drug called Venom. I like the brand synergy. Morbius, I'll be seeing you in, uh, what's the, Madam Web? You think we'll be in Madam Web, Morbius? Perhaps, it's possible. Dakota Johnson is in it. You know, I like Dakota Johnson. She's very hot. She was in those sex movies, but she's too talented to be doing that. She's the daughter of Don Johnson, Nash Bridges, all members of the League of Shadows, unconfirmed. When he uses his echolocation, that being Morbius, not Tom Hardy's Bane, uh, it basically looks like he just put on the one ring from Lord of the Rings, which makes me think of the Lord of the Rings. I think I'd rather watch Morbius, though. I'm not a big fan of those movies. Now we got to deal with his weaknesses. He's been timing his blood shakes. Six hours of power he gets when he drinks artificial blood. But every time he drinks artificial blood, he gets a little bit less time. Uh, quick editor's note, the artificial blood is blue. Much like Hunter Hearst Helmsley's blood. So I'd point that out there. He's like, eventually, I will need a permanent source. Soon, I must make a choice. Drink the red. Or die. Well, there might be a third option there, Morb. You could go to a restaurant and be like, "Got any beef? You got any beef? You got any beef? Can I order it rare? You got any beef? You get some blood from beef. I mean, you love beef." Milo arrives at the lab. The, Mab, the lab sees Morb's uh, tweaking. Morbius has locked himself in the room though to time his blood shakes. But but why not take the precaution to take some in there? Like, I get it. You want to test your absolute limits. So when you know you reached your absolute limit, then you take a shot of the blue. Uh, Milo's like, what do I do, Morbius? I want to help you! Morbius writes blood, like the word blood, in his own blood, on the wall of the fucking cell he's locked himself in. He even, to add emphasis that he needs it as soon as possible, underlines it. Milo, can't you see what I need? I even underlined it. You've got to feed me some blood. Milo comes to this conclusion, uh, gets him some blood, and he's like, Morbius, you found a kill. I- I'd like to have it now, please. But the Morb denies, Milo, it's a curse. I killed people. <laughs> I'll give Matt Smith a lot of credit. He's like, oh, that's cool. These Those guys weren't very nice anyway. They were a bunch of thugs. Um... But Milo, I think, is absolutely justified to be pissed off here. I mean, he paid for this shit. You need to give him his uh, slice of the pie, all right? Give him the profits, if you will. Um, but Morb kicks him out. He's like, get out of here! So kind of the anti-Scorpion. He even sort of does the, the Morbius face to intimidate Milo. You're not a very good friend, Michael. Not a very good friend at all. Now we're heading to the hospital for a tick. We got a couple of scenes that uh, happen here. Uh, the FBI agents go to see Martine. She doesn't give him anything. That's nice. Then, that night in the hospital, I guess, uh, a nurse is hunted and killed by some sort of unseen creature. I guess we're to believe it's Morbius because Morbius wakes up in Martine's room in the hospital. And he's resetting his power watch. Like, oh, I feel like I just drank or whatever. And so he resets the timer. Oh, my God, did he kill the nurse? Because he hears with his echolocation that they just found a woman with no blood. Uh, Morb's like, all right, I'm out of here. i got to go figure this shit out. He steals a bunch of blue blood from his little uh, labs there. And uh, he grabs his crutches so he can keep up public appearances, which I give the movie a little bit of credit. I didn't think about that one. But fuck me sideways. The FBI is still here because we're in the lab but I thought what? so I don't get it. I thought Morbius's lab I'm genuinely confused here I thought Morbius's lab was like a lab and he was in the hospital and they were in the hospital and the nurse is in the hospital and Tyrese gets a call here we're locking the building down a nurse was found dead with no blood and it's like the same place these are all sentences that end in question marks I I honestly don't know here. Uh, but before all that happens, though, Tyrese is like, hey, thanks for the artificial blood. You saved my uh, arm in Afghanistan. It's a robot. Well, it's supposed to be. But, uh, you know, I think they cut that side, uh, that little side plot there. Um, dude goes to arrest Morbius. Morb's like, nope. Uh, it is economic use of timing because they just, like, so, uh, Morb, uh, you think you would ever gotten the ocean experiment on yourself and now you're kind of weird? Like, they seriously waste zero time. Shh. Is- Yeah, it's bad, but I I will give him credit. But, you know, you shouldn't be given credit for that. But in a movie like this, I'm like, all right, get me out of here. Like, I don't need to see them tetting and, like, trying to outsmart the other one. Like, hey, bro, we know you're under arrest. That works for me. All right? It's economic use of time. It's morbid time, though, as you would expect. Uh, Morbius runs away. We get a shot that's both bullet time and a warp strike simultaneously. So, damn! The shot must have cost about three more billion dollars. Uh, you know, more goes up to the roof. He, I guess he warp strikes there. He goes to, like, leap off the top of the building, and some crazy wind, like, fucks with his jumping ability. Like, what the fuck is this? Because as soon as this, like, we see, like, CGI gusts of wind... And then, Morb's like, whoa, 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 whoa! He even does, like, a little Neo lead back. And then it stops, and Tyrese is like, yo, we gotta stop this shit. That's enough, Doc. Like, I, I, but it makes it seem like Tyrese is responsible for the wind. I mean, I know he's not. Is this guy, like, secretly typhoon or the living, living Laser or some shit? But Morb, bro... You're under arrest. Uh, Some on-screen text says, uh, what does it say? Uh, Manhattan Detention Center. And uh, Morb's now in his uh, classic, classic uh, comic costume, the Orange Prison Jumpsuit, writing in his diary. My orange doesn't go with my hair. I'm in this prison. Does anybody care? Um he's writing, he's updated his notes, he's like, well, I now know that the blue blood is even less effective, and I shall lose my ability to rely on blue blood in just about a day, or three days, or some shit like that, but we don't see the character ever stop to do math or, like, figure anything out, so I guess he had to do it in the back of the cop car. It's just, there's no... The script has characters say something because that's what need to ha- needs to happen next, okay? Like, I like to have fun here, but the this this picture has got a lot of problems, and I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm actually going to praise something here just a little bit, but this is not. I feel bad, because I bet somebody tried, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, they nailed it with the origami, though. Now, the FBI, because they, they go to talk to Morbius while he's in prison. Uh, the nerdy guy actually brings holy water, like he's fucking Simon Belmont. And, and the FBI guys pull some real stupid shit here. Again, making fun of the script. They're like, look, Mike, I get it. You killed eight guys on a boat that were all asshole mercs? Ah, I'm not even too worried about that. But this nurse, man, she was a single mom with some twins. So why'd you do it, Morb? I can't answer that. I, I need the, the... I. I. When you arrested me, I had a bag. I need its contents. Well, it's in the evidence room. And, and you know, of course, the blue blood. Now... Obviously, Morb is needing his juice, but again, the balls on this film, because they have Borbia say, I'm sorry, I'm starting to get hungry, you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. But then we smash cut to Morb's cell, and he's just kind of okay, like he doesn't seem to be having the shakes anymore. Milo comes to visit, masquerading as his lawyer. Looks like they are charging Morbius with murder. Milo's like, Oh, I know you're innocent. I know you couldn't do it, bro. I know, because we're the Spartans. I don't know, Milo. Maybe this is where I belong. Should I be in jail? I'm an asshole male. That's okay. I sometimes fail. Sometimes I swing. Locked up in jail. Sometimes I get um, I I guess that accurately describes some things that could happen in prison, I suppose. Uh, But Milo's getting kicked out. Visiting hours are over. But Milo brought Morbius a surprise. He straight up just drops a full, like, bag of blood on the bed. And he's like, here you go, Morbius. Uh, But Jesus Christ, man. This movie, again... As Milo's being escorted out, because, you know, you escort out visitors make sure they don't do anything. The movie makes another fucking just grand larceny here. Milo's leaving, drinking from a flask, and then the camera starts to shoot him directly from the waist down as Milo is limping. And the limp starts to sort of correct itself a little bit with each step, and they're just stealing the end of the usual suspects. He's also got a little bit of a vampire face going on, too, so you're starting to think, uh-oh, something is the fuck up with Milo. And I'll give the movie a little bit of a pat on the back here. We obviously are just figuring, figuring it out. Should we have to watch the Morbius character struggle for like 30 minutes to figure out and solve that it was Milo all along? Not in this movie. Not necessary. And I credit the film for understanding that. Obviously, as this thing was getting edited down to pieces, they realized to just hit the beats they needed to to get a product into the cinemas to sell a ticket and not get, uh, you know, yelled at for having too short of a film. Because I think if you're not like 74 minutes, you're not actually a movie or some shit like that. That might not be the right time. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's economic because Milo left the cane in Morbius's prison cell. Morbius immediately figure this out figures this out. He must be a doctor or something because he's fucking smart. And then he takes the cane and tosses it in what might be the worst angry thrown object in cinematic history. It's just a bad toss and he yells, "Milo!" It's time to drink the blood, though. Fuck it. He's pissed, and he chugs this fucking shit And Remember, this is the red stuff, all right? So it's going to open up some doors and make uh, Morbius feel like he's never felt before. You know, it's really going to unlock all his potential. So much that he gets into full Morbius CGI mode. Like, he had a good shot of, like, just uninterrupted, this is what he looks like. And he looks just like Roman Reigns. It's weird. I don't know how to explain it. He even does the Superman punch to break out of the cell. I guess his fucking prison cell was like 88 stories up in a Manhattan skyscraper because he's in the sky as he breaks through the wall and just starts leaping across the city like he's early Superman or some shit. Milo, uh, now a man about town that's half vampire, uh, he stops at a local news vendor, a newsman if you will, to buy a copy of the Daily Bugle. And he says, Daily Bugle nerds, Put your tweets up. Let us know how much you love the SSU. Uh, But then immediately kills the guy for talking shit about Morbius, because Morbius is on the front page. The real Morbius uses echolocation. Uh, Milo, I guess, eats this guy because he just disappears completely. Morb catches Milo. There's a sentence you don't expect to see every day, or say every day. Morb's like, you took the serum even after I said not to. And this is just another fucking weakness of the screenplay here. Just the overall concept. Milo and Morbius are just opposites of one another. It's the first movie, and it's Marvel. Even though it's Marvel far removed, and you just fight a version of yourself. Uh, see Man, comma, Iron. Panther, comma, Black. Widow, comma, Black. Uh, Hawkeye didn't fight an archer, though, so I guess that's... I uh, can't really make fun of that. But yeah, Hulk, see Okay, just, you get it, alright? It's a fucking thing. We all know it's a thing. Uh, Milo's like, yeah, I took the sim, it's not a bad thing, though. But I, look, I kinda like it. I can't do Matt Smith's voice, man, it's hard. He's like, yeah, you know what? I, I, here's the thing, Morgvious. I, I, I will admit I killed the nurse. But you know what it's like your first time, and I, it's true! The happenstance of their location dictated who their first victim was. Not a choice! Morbius happened to be surrounded by eight dicks. And Milo was just in the hospital with that nurse. Now, hey, look, I'm not advocating. But in the world of this fiction, this is kind of Morbius' fault. If Morbius just would have helped Milo take the serum, they could have planned to do this somewhere safe. safe. Words. Uh, They have a -a tete-a-tete with one another about the moral implications of being vampiric. And then, boom! Milo, I guess, has had enough. He does, like, a sonic boom scream thing. Then they vampire fight into the subway, all across town into the subway. It's uh, some really bad CGI. And, you know, just uninspired directing. It's a bunch of, like, quick, 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 warp strike, slow-mo, throw-up, punch, speed it back up. And I know that Snyder notoriously does slow-mo in his three films that I actually like in the DC universe. But uh, they're beautiful to look at, usually. This, this not so much, okay? I do... I do have another nice thing to say. Okay, I've got a few things here. After their slow motion sped up fight, they crash uh, like on the subway platform. Milo shoots right up and he's like, Woo! We're evolved! Morbius comes to his senses and he's like, Alright, alright, you know what? Fine. We don't have to vampire fight. I'll fix this. We'll just keep drinking the blue blood and I'll fix this and we'll be fine. Milo's like, I'm fine now, mate. Some cops attack. Milo starts killing cops just for the fun of it. And then, at the very end of this cop-killing scenario, he's surrounded by, like, four cops, and he does a four-person kill combo in slow motion, which is, like, whatever. Who cares? But as he lands on his feet after this fucking ultra combo, he does a little Perrier-flourish dance maneuver, followed by, like... The fucking stepping from all the single ladies, all the single ladies put their hands up like the step dancing, and I just fucking love it. Like I, I think, I think Milo is starting to become a favorite uh, because uh, Matt Smith seems to be somehow mocking the film with his performance, but also perfectly being something entertaining to look at. I, I don't know. I think there is something to this. I mean, hey. You want to show up and correct, collect a check? That's fine. I'm not saying Matt Smith's like fucking Al Pacino or some shit. I, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Uh, but, like, I think he's making choices here, and I'm really enjoying what it is that he's doing. Okay? So so that's a positive thing. All right? I want to make that very clear. Uh, You know, it's a typical, I'm not going to fight you, Michael. We're, we're not so different, you and I, basically. But when he says, I don't want to fight you, Michael. I'm disappointed because if someone ever says that to you, the only acceptable comeback is, yeah, I wouldn't want to fight me neither. You know, the, the Flash Thompson from, I mean, but it's perfect. So it's like, I don't want to fight you, man. Be like, I wouldn't want to fight me neither. And then, you know, you, you, you fight. You just got to do it. Milo, even though he proclaims he doesn't want to fight, runs towards Borbius in slow motion with full vampire face. And then the slow motion seems to get a little bit slower. I think the good shit is starting to kick in for old Dr. Michael Morbius, okay? He did chug that red blood, if you'll recall. And he starts to sort of feel the wind in his hair. And then we start to see some, like, green CGI wind that I don't think mere humans can sense or see. And then I'm starting to think, well, this must have been the little, like, wind power he was harnessing into when he jumped off the building earlier. Milo continues to run at Morbius. Even slower now. Morbius senses what he must do, leaps in front of a subway train, and flies through the underworld of New York City. It's played like a big hero moment, but you're missing a couple things. One, an iconic score. Well, that's not gonna happen. And Morbius is still, through this entire sequence, in his prison jumpsuit. And now his warp striking trail is orange instead of black. I know orange is the new black, but you gotta explain these powers, man, okay? Like I don't understand what's happening, happening. I mean, get what's happening. I'm not fucking stupid, but like I don't I don't understand what I'm actually looking at. And and it doesn't feel as epic as this movie believes it in. It believes it is, if you catch my drift. Like There's a pinch of flair and possibility from this director here, but uh, nothing has earned this moment. But I I clearly recognize in a better film, this is a fun moment and a fun thing to experience. Just just not in this movie. But so that's sort of positive, right? At this point, we learn that Martine is under FBI surveillance, but she's able to ghost them on the streets of New York. Folks, she does this... By walking into a bodega and telling the guy behind the counter to not tell anyone that she was here, okay, the the nerdy FBI guy with the holy water goes to talk to the bodega owner and he says, and I quote, "Hey, do you see a woman in a jeans in jeans covered here? A woman in jeans? Could you be more descriptive? You're the f." B.I. Now I know that leggings have made uh, a woman in jeans a little bit more uh, rare to find out in the wild. But still, any other identified marks or things that we could use to perhaps find the individual that we've lost? Oh boy. Martine hops onto a bus like, ha ha, good thing I wore these jeans. She's reading the Daily Bugle and somehow, someway, Morbius is in the seat behind her. How did this happen? I don't know and I don't care. It was Milo. I have to stop him. But I need your help. Well, you know what helps? Breakfast. So Smash cut to a diner. Morbius is like, you know Martine, I'm feeling great, but uh, I've only got 4 hours and 22 minutes when I'm on the blue. But once that stops, I'll be more like Milo. I don't really get the connection. But no time, because some members of the tracksuit mafia, maybe from Hawkeye, maybe not from Hawkeye, it doesn't matter. They're at the same diner, and they're paying for the food with counterfeit $100 bills. And you know, Morbius has the echolocation hearing, so he hears all this. He says, "Martine, I gotta go, but I need you to get me some things from the lab. Now, he doesn't tell her what he needs, but he does just bail. And he follows the tracksuit mafia back to their base, Strange moment here, folks. So strange, even for this movie, that I have to pause and talk about it for a second. Because now, we are completely just inside a video game. Morbius tracks these guys to their base. And as he's doing this, he walks by some EMTs. Okay, Some emergency healthcare workers that are going into a building. As they go into the building, they conveniently leave multiple random EMT bags. So, bags full of shit that EMTs carry. And Morbius, much like a character you would control in a video game, walks up to these random EMT bags, or these chests, if you will, full of items, unzips them, and just picks up some extra vials of blood to add to his inventory. I mean. I like video games, I should like this, but it's just, it feels so weird to see this happen. It's like you're playing Morbius the video game, and the mission is, you know, you get the little guy in your ear, Morbius, I've tracked the tracksuit mafia to this location. The location pops up on your mini-map, and Morbius is like... I'm on my way. And you fly around for a little bit. You go to buy some clothes in the item shop so you can get rid of the orange jumpsuit and put on the official Morbius tracks or tracksuit uh, trench coat. And then on your way, you, you know, you got to stop and, oh, I'm low on blood. I've got to pick up some inventory, you know, to get some of this. Uh, but maybe it's not enough blood. And you go to the, the blood shop. And the guy's like, check out my wares. I'm selling everything. And then you go get some blood, then you come back later, and he's like, Check out some wares! I've got blood everywhere. They just say the same thing every time you walk into the shop. Welcome! Can I pique your interest? You come back six hours later. Welcome! Can I pique your interest? Morbius finally arrives at the Tracksuit Mafia laboratory, I guess, and he engages them in some witty banter. One of the guys is watching a movie. Morbius says... Oh, I love that movie. Is this the part where the mysterious guy in the hoodie comes in and kicks everybody's asses? I love that part. Hey, man, who the hell are you? It doesn't matter, but I am going to need your laboratory. You can keep all the money, all your little toys. Just leave the science stuff and that bag of spicy Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> This is either bad movie dialogue or studio notes. I don't understand why Morbius went into the lab. So maybe just have him say, just leave me your sciencey stuff. And also, P.S., we just signed a contract with the Cheetos Corporation. So can you add some Cheetos into the film? The bad guy pulls out a knife. Morbius catches his hand and he's like, you know, bad guy, there are 27 bones in the human hand and Morbius starts to break these bones one at a time, but he's polite and teaches the goon the name of each bone that he breaks, including what Morbius calls the pretty stinky little pinky. That's also the name of my next album, by the way. It's available on iTunes. Just search Morbius Stinky Pinky. It features my new hit single, The Shocker. Who the hell are you, man? Me? Morbius looks dead into the eyes of his latest victim and says, I am Venom. Sony Spider-Man Universe. All the bad guys leave, and a smash cut to what is this movie's absolute gift to the world. Milo, the lovable vampire, is now in his apartment, shirtless and working out. He stops working out and busts some serious dance moves as he gets dressed. Now, this is the absolutely iconic Milo dance scene. Just watch it. Just go to YouTube and search Milo dance, and you'll see it. It's short. After you watch it, you're like, this is it. This is what caused all the fucking nonsense, but Put into the proper context, everything that surrounds this scene, this is just amazing. Now, the reason he's getting danced is so he can go out on the club and find some ladies. He hits on the wrong lady, because this guy at the bar is like, hey, yo. And he actually says, hey, yo, bro, this girl's drinks are spoken for. But rather than make a scene, Milo waits for these uh, guys to leave the bar before killing them off camera so we can save on the CGI budget. Martine is in the lab, stealing the stuff that Morbius needs. Milo is also here. Okay. It's a typical, where is he, intimidation scene. She doesn't know. Milo confirms this by using his daredevil powers to listen to her heartbeat. Uh, He does just leave, though. See, he's not a complete monster. Uh, We don't actually see this, but I'm assuming he leaves the lab to dance around town looking for Morbius. The next scene is completely pointless as the FBI raids Martine's apartment. The nerdy FBI guy tries to see if Martine's cat is still here. Because, you know, if the cat's gone, that means Martine ain't coming back and we don't need to, you know, keep an eye on the joint. But how does he try to get the cat to come out of hiding? Because we all know cats go into hiding when random people are in your apartment they don't know. But there's a real easy way to get a cat's attention. You shake the cat's litter box, right? I mean, this actor is a real human being. He's not a complete idiot. He didn't stop and be like, okay, guys, look, I know I'm just a day player. I have I contribute nothing to this story, and I'm a nobody. But you want me to shake the cat's litter box to get the cat's attention? Can anyone run down to the bodega where we shot the last scene and just get a bag of cat food? That way I can shake the bag of cat food and make sure that the audience knows that we're not idiots. What's that cat food not in the budget? We have to reshoot the post credit scenes? Alright, fine, I'll shake the litter box. God damn it. We smash back to the new laboratory. Sure enough, Morbius, Martine, and I guess Catbius, Martine's cat, is here. Martine, like an amateur, cuts her finger on the cat food tin. Morbius, though, he gets really turned on by her blood. And, and you know, it's probably not just her blood. I mean, the actress that's playing Martine is just wearing a cami in this scene. But it prompts a little bit of uh, dialogue between our star-crossed lovers. How does it feel when you're on the red? Something primal? It wants to hunt. To kill. They go up to the rooftop and have a sweet, you're not a monster chat. They kiss for the first time. Milo creepily watches from a distance. How did he know where they... I don't care. I don't care. The next day, the FBI is investigating the guys who got killed outside the club. You know, the guy that said, hey, yo. They pulled the CCTV footage, and they realize it's Milo, not Morbius. Dr. Loomis, you remember him? You remember Dr. Lewis? He's still in the movie. He sees this shit on the news, and he goes to see Milo. Milo's apartment is a wreck, but Milo is completely nude, but wearing a sweet blue, like, fucking robe that you would wear when you're about to get a fucking H.J. at a massage place. Uh... He's like, would you like some blood? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't really have food around for company. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Milo doesn't offer the blood. Milo was offered blood by Dr. Loomis, but I'm going to leave that joke in. Uh, but a Milo don't want to be fed, okay? Milo wants to hunt. Milo wants Morbius to accept what they are. I want to know how Milo got rich, because this is never explained. How did he get the army of thugs? How did he finance the science experiment at the Big Shell in the middle of the ocean? The movie doesn't ever answer this, so we're left hanging. I just just a throwaway line. Just ADR it or something. You know, maybe a scene where Milo and Morbius are talking and the camera's on Jared Leto. Just have Matt Smith be like, hey Morbius, remember when I made that uh, lucky move in the stock market and we all got rich? And then, you know, cut to the next scene. Just something. Um but uh, Morbius not Morbius, Milo does attack Dr. Loomis and leaves him on the verge of death. Back in the new lab, Morbius has made some vampiric stakes that he can drive into the heart of Milo. Apparently, he's created an anti-serum just like that that will reverse the effects of the vampirism, but also kill the person. So he's made two stakes, one for uh, Milo and one for himself. Uh, tomorrow is the day that he'll be addicted to human blood. So we kill Milo today, and then tomorrow... Suicide. But what consequences will this have for the greater Sony Spider Man cinematic universe? Morbius gets a phone call. It's Dr. Loomis. Morbius races to the scene and finds Dr. Loomis as he's dying. Loomis is hanging on by a thread. He's like, You have to stop. <sighs> Milo, dead. I'm sorry, Michael, I'm dead. Uh, Morbius is sad. Jared Leto summons a single tear to shed. You know, he's some method actor. Did he walk around the set drinking blood? That's That doesn't really fit here, but I'm leaving it in. Uh, Morbius hears Martine begging for mercy from Milo using echolocation. Holy shit! Milo has not only found Martine, but he's about to kill her. Morbius flies across the city using his powers to the rescue. I will say at least this point he has the official Mor- Morbius uh, trench coat, so no longer the orange jumpsuit, so his warp strike trails look a little bit better. But here's something I don't understand. Loomis just died, right? And he, only, he just died seconds ago, so why doesn't Morbius drain him and get super-powered up for the final battle? I, well, I, and now remember, I write these notes in order, okay? So that was my thought at the time. Drink all the blood, get superpowered, go kill Milo, and then we're heading to dinner. All right? But he does fly. He lands on the rooftop. Milo has indeed penetrated Martine, and she is dying. With her dying breath, she says, Michael, make my death mean something. I can help you. I guess she's offering herself to Morbius. So, okay, it makes sense. Morbius is like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. They share a last kiss. And as Martine is dying, with her final act, she bites the lip of Morbius, some blood drops onto Martine's lips, and I swear to you, with her dying action, she does a sexy lick of the blood. She's like, hmm mmm, doesn't this look delicious, Morbius? And she dies. Sure enough, though, the, the sexy lick was enough because Morbius goes to town on her corpse, getting powered up for the battle. Milo makes his presence known, and it's a Warp Strike fight! It's just a big old CGI Warp Strike fight, man. They bounce around town, they fight on buildings, in buildings, on skyscrapers. It's what you would expect. I mean, it's nothing to write home about. I will say, it's at least interesting to look at in some ways. Like, it's something. I'm just hanging on to a thread closer to the edge here, so it, it's whatever. I, I don't know. They end up underground New York City. Morbius has been on the losing end, even though he's full of red. But I think this fight did fill up his special meter. Because, you know, remember, this is just a video game. Because he's about to unlock a new power. He summons a full-on army of CGI bats. These bats, I guess, power him up because they lift him up like a bat tornado. Shades of Dawn of Justice. And uh, we redo... The Milo runs in slow motion power of scene. Because if you remember, when Morbius unlocked his flying power, poor Milo had to run in slow motion, and then even slower. He does the same thing here. But credit to the filmmakers, Milo this time is running towards Morbius with a giant steel pipe ready to impale Morbius, and he reminds me of my favorite suicide squatter, Javelin. You must take my javelin. Milo leaps with the javelin. Morbius does some fucking yoga, chakra, bat hand movements, and I swear to you, right before Milo can impale Morbius, he, he sort of cups the bats into his hands, throws them forward, and does a Morbius Hadouken! But instead of throwing fire, he throws a bat ball. This knocks Milo back, all the bats hold him down, Morbius injects him with the needle, and folks, that's a wrap on Milo. We hear some police sirens, so uh, the hero better leave, because that's how every superhero movie got to end. The big battle's over. Sirens, I have to go, but don't worry. I'll be back. Sure enough, there's a giant hole in the ground. Tyrese is here. We see his robot arm for the first time. Bats and Morbius fly out of the giant hole in the ground. We cut back to the rooftop as Martine awakens. She's a Morbius now! even though every other person that Morbius and Michael bit and fed off of didn't turn into a Morbius, but that's fine. Morbius flies away through the New York skies, staring into the eye of the camera as credits roll and the word Morbius flashes onto the screen. But of course, folks, this is the Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe and a comic book movie, So there's a mid-credits and a post-credits scene. In the mid-credits, we cut back to New York City. Above the city, the sky cracks open with crazy purple energy. Oh my God, it's Doctor Strange's spell from Spider-Man No Way Home. Get the phones out, we got a tweet. Cut to an empty prison cell. And the vulture, the Batman himself, Michael Keaton, teleports via magic into this empty prison cell is this a prisoner exchange the mcu got to play with venom for a few minutes did we get the vulture i mean this is absolutely the shit end of the trade it's like trading jordan for fucking mugsy bogues all right i got nothing against mugsy bogues i'm just saying it's not exactly an equal trade sure they're both basketball entertainers But, you know, not exactly an even Stevens. We're not even Stevens. We're not exactly square. Vulture is confused. He's like, what the hell? I was was in a different prison, and now I'm in this prison. He looks into a mirror, and he, like, touches his face and his hair like, what's going on? But instead of actually being anything intelligent, he spikes the camera and says, hope the food's better in this joint. A voiceover news reporter lets us know a bizarre story is developing. A man identifying himself as Adrian Toomes appeared in an empty prison cell. A hearing is set to lead to his immediate release. We then cut to him clearly younger than he was just a second ago when he warp striked into the prison cell. I mean, in the prison cell, Keaton had full white hair. And then here he has a little more salt and pepper. I mean, this is shit that's just filmed four years apart. I'm not going to get into the weeds of this shit, but we all saw in the Morbius trailer that we were forced to watch in front of every movie, the scene where Vulture's like, Hey, Doc! I don't know what he says, but I mean, this this scene of him being loaded in the prison car was filmed, you know, four years ago when we made Morbius. The fucking warp scene was filmed, you know, after Spider-Man No Way Home, and we decided to shake things up in the Spider-Man Cinematic Universe. The credits continue, the credits end, and here we go. The big finale post credit scene of Morbius. The man himself, Morbius, is driving a car fast out of New York City. The car has a GPS system that's active, and it's leading him clearly somewhere. He arrives at somewhere. It's the middle of nowhere. He gets out of the car. Jared Leto. Looks older than he was when we shot the movie. I mean, he still looks the same. He's still got the trench coat. He's still got the Jared Leto long hair and the Morbius beard, okay? It's not a conspiracy, but it's just, you can tell, okay? He's got a little extra pandemic weight on his face, and that's fine. You're allowed to have pandemic weight on your face. I'm just saying, it's it's clearly a different time. He stands in a field. The wind starts to pick up. He unleashes his Morbius claws. He's ready to morb into action. But a full CGI vulture... No, not a bird. Like the vulture from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Michael Keaton, arrives and lands. Where did he get his gear? Did the Chitari invade the Sony Spider-Man universe as well? Because remember, his vulture gear was all made from fucking Chitari tech. And I know that's a giant nerd statement. And even raising my voice and getting angry makes me a nerd, okay? But it's just... If you're going to do this stuff, at least have it make sense. And Michael Keaton is nowhere for this, all right? He, he used a cell phone to record his dialogue, Shades of a Talking Cat. If you don't get that reference, just do yourself a favor, Google a Talking Cat, okay? Um, the, the fully video game vulture says, Thanks for meeting me, Doc. I've been reading about you. Well, I'm listening. I'm not sure how I got here. Has to do with Spider-Man, I think. I'm still figuring this place out, but I think a bunch of guys like us should team up. We could do some good. Morbius spikes the camera. Intriguing. And that's it. God damn it. I don't know what was originally planned. I don't care. I'm not going to fucking nerd rant anymore. But I am the target audience for this shit and I think it's dumb. However, I'm going to make a point and it's basically the general consensus, general consensus of our wrap up and conclusion. As we always do here. Is Morbius junk? Yes! absolutely. fucking Is it worth watching? Because it's so bad, it's good. You know what, guys? Not really. It's really not. But here is the kicker. And something I cannot explain, okay? Since I've now seen Morbius. And I kind of get the whole, It's Morbin time. It earned 40 more billion dollars. The Milo dancing. Like... This whole fucking movie has become a parody of itself, and God help me, if Morbius returns to the silver screen, I kind of feel compelled to check it out, to see if they lean into it or if they try to, finger quotes, fix the character. If you lean into it, you might have something, like if Jared Leto could start... Point and it's basically the general consensus general consensus of our wrap-up and conclusion as we always do here is Morbius junk. Yes Thank you watch See even my watch my watch has gained sentience and even it thinks that Morbius is completely junk but back to my point If you could get Jared Leto on set and have him lean into the Morbin shit and have him say, like, it's Morbin Time and just do a big, stupid, dumb adventure that doesn't try to take itself seriously with Venom, because I, look, the Venom movies are not good. I fucking love Tom Hardy's Venom performance, though. Like, I, it's, I can't explain it, but you get Tom Hardy's Venom, Michael Keaton's Vulture, you get Jared Leto leading into the It's Morbin Time shit, and I'm there. God help me, and God help us all. But I guess we're going to have to wait until Madam Web or Craven the Hunter come out to learn more about the lovable cast of characters in the Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe. That is going to wrap things up here on Junkman. Closing out 2022 with a bang with maybe the worst movie that came out this year. I don't know. I didn't see that much. But, uh... You know, if you like this stuff, man, do yourself a favor: subscribe to the podcast feed so you get notified when new content drops. We're in full swing. It's not even 2023 yet, and we're already in 2023 mode with our new shows, Ring Man and Toad Man. They're out there. Check out that Toad Man. It's a crazy one. You're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it, but you're probably gonna love it. I'm Johnny C. A winner is you. And folks, can we all go into 2023? living under the mantra it's morbin time